All right. All right. <clears throat> Let's get started. Welcome to Ivy Knows Best. Oh, man. It's time for the wonderful world of sports. And, and man, someone has been grinding my gears. Okay. All right. Um, for all those who listen to me, you do know I'm an avid Dallas Cowboy fan. All right. Love my boys. But there's a problem now. There, there's a problem. Okay. Um, with the contract for the quarterback. Okay. Um, and, and I understand. I get it. Players, you got it. You know, for those who have that opinion, players, you got to get paid. I, I agree. You got to get paid. Football is a short lived shelf life. But other than other positions where that's true, like running back, you know, where there's not a lot that protects you, you know, in wake of rules, like the quarterbacks get paid an astronomical amount of money. Okay, so much so that it, that it gobbles up, you know, a large portion of the hard salary cap that exists in the NFL. Okay, um, you know, what I do want to offer y'all right now is this thought pattern uh, that Dak Prescott has lost his damn mind. He has lost his damn mind. Okay, $33 million, $33 million a year, 105 guaranteed. Is what you were offered. That's what you were offered. The Dallas Cowboys came off, you know, came off of their high horse and said, hey, we don't want to reset the market, but we do want to pay our guy. Okay. Now you're being offered 33 mil a year, 105 million guaranteed. Okay. Maybe the devil's in the details. Maybe it's really not as much as we think it is. But to me, as a fan, you know, looking at my team, knowing, hey, you got to sign all these other pieces, all of them. And then to hear that he declined that amount, supposedly. Now, don't get me wrong, because obviously sources change overnight, and sometimes people say things that aren't true. So we're going to take that with a grain of salt. But we know for a fact he hasn't signed it yet. I don't know what you're waiting on. Okay? If we look at all of the quarterbacks, and I've been, I've made this point a ton of times, Okay? If we look at all the quarterbacks who've gotten signed, there's something attached to them, the ones who got signed those long, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars of contracts, right? That's a Super Bowl berth. You showed up, and you made it to the Super Bowl. You didn't win. You just showed up. Why in the world do, do I need to believe that a quarterback has the right to tell me, right? Oh, man, you know what? I want more than that, and I haven't even proven what these other guys have proven. It looks like I'm taking all the risk if I'm the business. I'm not rolling the dice on Dak Prescott for that amount of money. For 33 mil, I'm not. I, no, not me. I'm, I'm believe, I am I'm believe what you do is you franchise him and you draft his replacement. You franchise him, draft his replacement, and then after you draft his replacement, what you do is you sign everybody around him. You sign Cooper, you sign, you, you and you bring in, you, you bring in, some, you know, bring Cobb back, and you bring in some key free agents. You bring in Chris Harris. You bring in some of those guys, right? And then you go, okay, well, I got a team that's built to win. You know, I got a team that's built to win. And if he does come along or not, then he comes along. But people don't realize this. The more your quarterback gets paid, the less everyone else gets paid. Okay, and he's looking at everybody else and going, oh, well, you know, Jalen Smith got paid, DeMarcus Lawrence got paid, Zeke got paid, the offensive line got paid. Yeah, they all got paid. They all did get paid. 
But the difference is their position doesn't touch the ball every time. Right? So, you know, I need to have a sure set of hands. Now, is Dak Prescott healthy? Yes. Is he a possible franchise QB? Yes. Is he worth that amount of money? No. Does he deserve to get paid? Yes. I'm thinking to the tune of 28 mil a year. You know, save your team, save your team some headache, you know. Be be the guy who sits there and and realizes, hey, I can't win without a certain amount of people. And if I am Dallas, and, and let's say Dallas for you know, for whatever reason goes, hey, you know what? I want to sign him to a long term deal. Or I, I want to sign him to this deal. That deal will be short lived. And as soon as he signs it, after one year, I'm asking to reconstruction. Let's let's go back in. Let's renegotiate this deal a little bit because I need to sign pieces. Because it's always going to come down to that. He, he's not a quarterback that can do it with absolutely nothing. He is not that guy. It's just there, there's guys in this world at the quarterback position who are that guy. Then you got guys who just need every piece they could possibly get. You know, and then when you think about it, and they go, hey, well, what has Ezekiel Elliott done deserve to get paid? Well, Ezekiel Elliott has led the league in rushing two, two years, right? Would have been three if he wasn't suspended for six games, right? Was still in the top, was still in the top five rushing yards this season. There's still so much that needs to be, you know, that needs to be considered and understood. Dak Prescott just had his highest, his highest, um, his highest or his best year statistically. And we're sitting, we're sitting here, and we're looking at Dallas. I feel Dallas is overpaying. I, I really do. I feel like if you haven't, there needs to be like some, there needs to be some kind of market here, right? Where either a, if these players are going to get paid this much and put your people in turmoil, let's just eliminate the salary cap then, right? Because because we're seeing now players want to get paid, right? And the NFL feels as if okay, well, it's in our best interest to have a salary cap, so you know teams like. Your, your New England Patriots, your Dallas Cowboys, your New York Giants, you know, your Washington Redskins, uh, any of those teams that, you know, the Uniters who have big markets and big money can't just go out and buy whatever, whatever player they want. And to me, I just think that that's the dumbest thing in the world. All those years the Buffalo made to the Super Bowl in the 90s, all four of those times they went back to back to back to back, there was no hard cap then. And the league was still equally as great. And you still you still had, you know, players playing for franchises who took care of their people. And you didn't have people worrying about, hey, I, I can only get paid X, Y, Z amount of dollars. It's ridiculous. Let those let those guys get paid the money they that they that they deserve. Because there's no way that I feel like, let's say, you know, the Dallas Cowboys or or the um New York Giants who fans come out good or bad, who pack those stadiums regardless of what's going on, who support those teams and buy that merchandise no matter what. Same thing with the Patriots fans and and, and teams like that. Like, there's no reason why they should share the same amount of money market-wise when they're making more money than, say, a Cleveland Browns, than, say, a Carolina Panthers, an Atlanta Falcons. You know, and, and if players are so sincere about getting paid, Ask for that to get ask for that to get removed. Because now what's gonna happen is this. Because money is different now. Money is changing, especially in sports. All right. Dak Prescott is going to need a huge amount of money 
because he's looking at Patrick Mahomes coming up to get paid and things like that, which I think is the dumbest thing in the world because that's what all players are going to be doing from here on out. The next guy up is going to get paid the stupid amount of money that he doesn't deserve and it's going to cripple an organization. When, you know, I get it. Yes, you should be able to sit down and say, hey, this is what I feel like I'm worth. I get it. Get what you're worth. But at the same time, I don't think anybody's lining up to drop $105 million guaranteed in your, in your lap. And if they are, Dallas, go ahead and trade them, trade, trade that, trade Dak for a first round pick. Go ahead and do it. Because if you look at the numbers, no quarterback who's gotten paid those big contracts have made it back to a Super Bowl yet. Jerry Goff hasn't made it, hasn't made it back. Carson Wentz, even though he didn't play in the Super Bowl, hasn't made it back. Um, Aaron Rodgers hasn't made it back. Uh, Russell Wilson, as, as amazing as he is, hasn't made it back. You know, and, and some of these guys are guys who can do it on their own. But I'm looking at Dak Prescott, and I, I realize, hey, look, the first couple games, you know, a year or two ago when you didn't have Amari Cooper, before we made the trade for him, you weren't looking good. You were looking pedestrian. You were missing wide open receivers. And sometimes you guys are never on the same page. Then you get a guy that you're on the same page with, and then you want to become selfish. That guy needs to get paid to. You know he's gonna be, he's gonna demand money within you know the top five. You 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 watch enough sports to know how this goes. I get it. You shouldn't worry about anybody else. And that's the case. Then use that same mentality every time you look at your check and you go, I, I want to be the highest paid guy because I'm better than that guy. Well, why are you worried about that guy gets paid? And for Dallas, why why in the world are you gonna are you willing to handicap your franchise for one player? And not 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 just one player who isn't, you know, who who's worthy. We're talking about a player that he's good, but he's not great. He's not great. Why are you going to pay him great money? I, and I like Dak Prescott. Don't get it wrong. I'm not hopping on him. I, I'm just thinking, thirty three million a year, one hundred five mil guaranteed. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of scratch for a quarterback who hasn't been to a Super Bowl. That's a lot of money for a quarterback who needs everything else around him to be at work in order for him, you know, to be at his best. It's a lot of money for a quarterback who, you know, just now broke into the 5,000-yard club or 4,000 or 4,000-yard club last season, 30 touchdowns. The first time. Ain't like he's been doing it all over. Now, and and you have people on Twitter definitely saying, hey, look, Dallas franchise has been trading to the Dolphins or franchise has been trading to this team or that team. I mean, I, and I'm not against that. I'm not against it. I get it. You got to pay. You have to pay your franchise guys. I get it. But you shouldn't have to handicap your team to do it. Like, okay, if you were getting, Dak was getting $2 million. He had like $2.1 million was his, was his last contract, was his contract last year. And I think Dallas should have signed him prior to that being the case because he's only going to get more expensive. But, you know, you know, whatever. But um, Dak Prescott, if if I'm offering you 28 mil a year or 25 mil a year, what are you upset about? Two mil is what you made. And I'm not counting his pockets, but if you just, 25 million is a hell of a lot more money than two million is. You think your life can't change to 25 mil? And what you do is you prove it. Take take twenty five million on a two to three two or three year contract, 
right? 25 mil a year, two or three year contract. Get as much of it guaranteed as possible. And then what you do is, then you hit them over the head once you win. Then you be like, hey, look, now I'm in your office. Okay. Yep. Now you can say along with, I haven't, I haven't missed a game. Along with, I haven't had a losing season. Along with, I've gotten you two division titles in the playoff win. You can say then, okay, I'm a champion too. Now, now everything's in your court right now. Right now, everything's kind of in your court because teams are afraid to start over. But I'm just thinking in my head, if you really cared about winning and you cared about your quote-unquote band of brothers, man, do what's best for your team. Don't do, I get you got to do what's best for your pockets at the end of the day. But 25 mil is very good for your pockets, 25 million a year. 30 million a year is good for your pockets. You know? But, you know, who am I? Who am I? I'm just an average guy who doesn't make $30 million per year. And, you know, you know, who am I? You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not in any position to, to really get upset at somebody for getting $105 million guaranteed. But I do definitely, as a fan, look at that differently. How, y'all, how would y'all feel if, if it was your team and your quarterback was asking for that amount of money and he hadn't proven himself? I just think that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money to throw with somebody who hasn't proven themselves. And, you know, yeah, now, now here's the difference. The only difference between him and Russell Wilson, as far as the money's concerned, Wilson had, you know, his contract was $107 million guaranteed in his deal. And $70 million of which was guaranteed at signing. All right, and then if you looked at someone like Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, had $98.7 million fully guaranteed. But I'm sorry, I'm sorry, well, guaranteed, but the full guarantee at signing was 79.2. This is still a lot more money than $2 million. Just saying, just saying. Now, I get it. We already know Patrick Mahomes is going to break the stratosphere. He'll probably be the first person getting, you know, 150, 200 million guaranteed. We get it. We know he he is about to break Kansas City clean off. And he deserves it. He deserves it. He, I mean, that he deserves it. I can look at I can look at him and honestly say that. But now, when when you're when I'm looking at you know this quarterback, I I, I can't say that. I cannot say that. I cannot say that I believe thirty three million a year is something he should be shooting for. Not when you have other guys that need to get paid so you can be good. I'm just just saying, you know. I get it, Ben Roethlisberger, you know, 30, got his $34 million. Aaron Rodgers and Jerry, Jerry Goff, you know, got $33.5 million a year. You know, obviously we know Russell Wilson averages around $35, $36 million a year. You know, I don't think that you're better than any of those guys, and all those guys have something in common. They're playoff winning and at least Super Bowl winning or visiting quarterbacks. You know, so that's just my piece on that. And you know why we while we're on the uh, topic of the conversation, man, let's look at the salary cap business. All right, all right, <clears throat> salary cap right now for every NFL team. Um, your top five, obviously, it's supposed to be the base salary cap is moving up, you know, north of two hundred million dollars. All right, so right now the Dolphins, as to, as of today, right now as we speak, they have eighty eight million. They're number one. Number two is the Colts at eighty six million. Bills eighty one million, Bucks seventy nine million, the Giants seventy eight million. All right, those are your top five teams cap wise. Right now, if you look at all, out of all those teams, only one of them is a playoff team. 
So, and that, and that team is the Bills, the Buffalo Bills. Everyone else can stand to get better, okay? All right. Now, here's the dangerous part about this. None of those quarterbacks on those teams right now are commanding, you know, Dak Prescott-esque money. You know, like like none of those quarterbacks are coming out saying, I want, I want you know, 105, 108 million, you know, 40 million a year. None of them are saying that. Nobody's saying that right now, right? And then when you look at the bottom five, your bottom five, you know, are the Niners with 12 million, Saints with 9 million, Falcons with four, Steelers with 1.5, and Vikings with 1.3. Okay. Of of all those those bottom five, four of them have have ridiculous quarterback contracts on their on their uh on their um on their ledger. And one, two, three of them were were essentially playoff teams. You know, all three of them were playoff teams. Now, do I think there's a correlation between you pay your quarterback, you make the playoffs? No, not necessarily. I don't see that. I don't always see that being the case because the Lions paid Matthew Stafford. They have made the playoffs. You know, <laughs> no, don't get it wrong. The Eagles paid their quarterback, made the playoffs. Um, Seahawks paid their quarterback, made the playoffs. Packers paid their quarterback, they're making the playoffs. Niners paid their quarterback, just recently returned to the playoffs. You know, Vikings paid their, you know, got their guy in Kirk Cousins, making the playoffs. So there's something to be said about paying your guy. But there's also something to be said about overpaying your guy. Now, I'm, I'm a fan of allowing these teams, this is just me, I, want, I, I do want to see us get rid of the cap, the, the cap. Let's get rid of salary cap. Let's get rid of this hard cap. If we really want to see these players get paid, get rid of the cap. Get rid of the cap. Now, I know somebody out there is going to say, well, it's not going to be fair to the other teams like the Bengals or, or like the Browns or who cares? Do you want players to get paid or not? Do you want players to get paid or not? Because in this current system, someone's going to be underpaid. But what happens is they lose that, that ability to, have, to keep that talent. And that talent has to go elsewhere, which which somehow evens out the league. Don't get me wrong, it probably does. And the more I say it, it does seem like it evens out the league a little bit. But I'm thinking in my head, get rid of the salary cap. Scratch it. Let's get these guys paid and let the teams who can who can afford these big these big time players pay for them. Why are we why are we looking at the salary cap like, you know, like it's not an issue? You know, and for anybody who doesn't know how, how the salary cap works. Works is you know it's essentially an agreement between the league and the players that places a limit on the uh, on the money that a team can spend on salaries for their players. So you won't be able to spend more than two hundred million dollars of your revenue as a team on your players, right? And uh, the U- the NFL itself uses a hard cap, which uh, which pretty much says no team is allowed to exceed that limit that they have set in place, and and. You know, I think that the NFL should change that. I think that needs to that needs to that needs to go, because the only way these guys are really going to get paid, the only way these players are really, really, really going to get paid, is if there is no salary cap. That's the that's the only way for us to really make up 
the the uh, make up the difference there is because I mean look at it like this if I only got two hundred million dollars to to adequate to um <clears throat> to divvy out to my players and I mean well to allocate to my players to divvy out same thing if I if I have the ability to give that money out I only have two hundred million of it to give so that means I have to fit my thirty million dollar quarterback my twenty million dollar receiver that's fifty right there. And then I only got 150 left to pay everyone else. You see, it's it's a it's a it's really a hard sell. Like you're gonna miss. I mean, every NFL team has at least four really outstanding players. I mean, mine is maybe maybe the Bengals. I don't know. Yeah, I mean AJ Green and he's probably like it there. But I mean, yeah, Geno Atkins is good too. But I don't know if he, if he's even still there for the for the for the sake of me even. You know, saying this, but I think that it seems a little ridiculous, you know, that we have a salary cap that says that those teams, you know, who make more money, who draw in more viewers, who draw in more, more, uh, more ticket sales can't spend the money that they make on the players they want to spend it on. They can only spend up to a certain amount. I think it's the most ridiculous thing. And I think that it needs to change. Because these players are not really going to make what they think they're going to make. You know, as an NFL player, you you know, your yearly salary is on a weekly basis. Aside from signing and roster and other type of bonuses. From the first game of the season through the last, you know, including some bye weeks there. Team, teams, you know, will pay contractually, right, up until the end of the regular season. Or till the end of the season. That's how this thing goes for them. Now, don't you want to make the most money you can make without having someone tell you, well, you know, you can only make this much? Because essentially that's what happens when you throw a cap in. You know, when you throw a cap in there, that that's that's ridiculous. You know, and, and, and for any other for any other reason, the penalty for violating or circumventing the cap regulations, you know, they have, you know, there's fines. Uh, and cancellation of contracts or, or loss of draft picks. Those are all um, things that happen when you violate or go over the cap. I mean, it, it it's it's one of those things where I wish when they signed for it, you know, that they realized this is what's really going to happen. Now, don't get it wrong. The league's still going to be great one way or another. And, no, I don't want to see, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes on the same team with Odell Beckham and, Saquon Barkley and and uh, you know and, and uh, Michael Thomas all because you know X Y Z team has this much money to throw around those guys. I agree. I don't want to see that either because you do kind of diminish the league. But you know when we start talking about getting paid, we have to really think. Look at basketball. Look at basketball's uh, you know salary cap. Look how different it is from football. And look how much those guys make. You know, look look how different the NBA salary cap is. And then you just pay the luxury tax if you happen to be over it. You know, because right now it's one hundred nine point one four million. That's the that's the NBA salary cap right now. You know, a lot lower than the NFL's, but their players make way more per year. You know, 
But then you got people, you know, like I said, if you look at the the projected cap space right now for your top five NBA teams, you got 66.9 million, 60.4 million, 59.1 million, 58.9 million, 54.1 million. Those are your top five. You know, in the NFL, we just legit was calling out numbers in the 80s. You know, and, and, and I'm still I'm still flabbergasted, right? Flabbergasted on how this how this continues to be the case, how no one in the NFL that's a player has has come up and said anything. You know, like 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 it's just it's it's crazy. But I think that because mind you, in the NFL you take the most risk. I agree. This is why I agree with players getting paid. You take the most risk, you're in danger in in a in a total different in a total different way than everyone else. Okay, in basketball, you, you're not in you're not in nearly as much danger. You're not getting hit every play. I mean, everything's a foul. I mean, nowadays, like you, if you bump into a guy and he's in active shooting, he's getting two free throws. In the NFL, I'm supposed to run into you. High speed, I'm supposed to slam into you. You know, why are you not getting paid the same amount as the highest paid basketball player? Like, why not? You're taking twice the amount of risk for less than time. You know, I, I would like to see that change. I, I really want to see what come what uh, what comes of that. You know, I really would because I'm starting to think that NFL players are starting to realize that themselves. I mean, of course, Tony Romo just signed a 17 million dollar deal, and Michael Thomas came out and had something to say about that. And I think Michael Thomas really may have driven a point. But when we look at someone like Kevin Durant, right, and LeBron James, LeBron James, you know, 134 million dollars. You know, he's the highest paid NBA player right now. You know, $134 million. That's according to GQ. But if we're looking at basketball contracts, right, on a yearly basis, per year, Steph Curry is averaging $40 million a year. A year. Then it's Chris Paul with $38 million. Then it's Russell Westbrook with another 38. Then John Wall with 37. Then James Harden with the same 37. Then LeBron with 37. Then KD with 37. Blake Griffin, 34. Kyle Lowry, 33. Paul George, 33. And, th- and, these, and these, these, mind you, some of these players aren't even the top of their position. And it's how much they're making on average. So why is it that we look at the top NFL players? Why do we look at a Michael Thomas, and why are we not looking at that a little bit differently? Why is he not making that kind of money? Why is a Julio Jones not making that kind of money? Why is a Mike Evans not making that kind of money? You know, Aaron Rodgers and all. Why are they not making, you know, $40 million a year? I know Dak said he wants $40 mil, but let's be honest. Why, why, are we not, why, are we, why have we not seen that? Why why have we not had that? And and the answer is the cap. The salary cap keeps us from having what we truly, truly deserve to have. And you gotta sign more players. So that cap needs to be extra high, I feel. I feel like it needs to be higher than two hundred million. I really do. You know, and the median salary for the NBA is two point nine million dollars. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, I really want to see that. I want to see that. 
I want to see that definitely uh take take a change because you know I watch way more in the sixteen every game in the NFL matters. You unless you've already won you know ten games or eleven games, you know the median salary in the NFL is eight is eight hundred sixty thousand dollars. Eight hundred and sixty thousand dollars as a median salary, and just to have another grown man flying at you. You know, is it's it's weird, man. We need to really, really re um, reevaluate how we how we figure that and how we see these things. All right, and um, now what I did actually have an opportunity to do as well is look at some really, really good questions um, that came in from some of my listeners. I thank y'all very much for always posting out these questions uh, via email. Um, my first question I had here was, where is Tom Brady going to land? Um, where do I predict Tom Brady's going to land? Well, uh, I don't think that Tom Brady goes back to the Patriots. I I just don't. I think that, I think that's over. I think that thing is done. Um, I think we've seen the last of that. And I think for good reasons, I think that it's time for Tom to move on. Uh, I think that we see, I see three places for Tom. I see three. All right, I see San Diego as one, or L.A. Chargers as one. I see uh, the Tennessee Titans, and depending on how contracts go, contract talks go with uh, Dak Prescott, I see uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I, I understand some people. Oh, but that's a reach. It's not a reach. I see that being more of, I mean, more of a, more of a possibility. Than anything. Think about it. With those three teams, all three of those teams have wide receivers that that need quarterbacks. You know, like Tennessee doesn't even have, a, you know, Marcus Mariota is not the answer there. We know for a fact Ryan Tannehill isn't going to be the answer moving forward. You know, he's good. He's good. He was good for what he was worth to this year, this past season. But no, um, he's not the answer. And I could see a Tom Brady winning there because obviously they have defensive pieces and they also have offensive pieces and they have a really good run game. Uh, the Chargers, they have Keenan Allen there. And they got a couple other pieces. They got Melvin Gordon there as well. They got some defensive pieces with Ingram and uh and Bosa. And 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 uh and in that secondary as well. They have an ability to really um change, you know, change a lot of their a lot of their uh misfortunes by bringing in a Tom Brady, a winning quarterback. Because you would have to have, you know, not only the pieces, but also the availability. And obviously the Cowboys, for obvious reasons, you got the offensive line there, you got a running back there, you could bring back your wide receivers, and it'll be cheaper. And you have good pieces on defense. You get a quarterback who can who can really call those plays, and you know, and run Mike McCarthy's system. However, he's going to run it this year. And you you know, you can see, I can see a couple, um, not even a couple. I can see quite a few changes there. You know, um, and yeah, so that's where I see Tom Brady going. And I think maybe like one outlier. The outlier would be the Patriots. I think Patriots. I think a Patriots return would be the out the outlier. That's all things considered, because um, I don't see him really fitting in a lot of these other places. So that's, that's just you know the outlier, all right? All right. Now, the next question that I received, but um, I already touched on it, so I'm not even going to really ask this one. I'm going to go on to the next one because it was another. It was a Dak Prescott question. I'm going to go to the next one. And the next question I received that I thought was you know. Magnificent was what was my take on this past UFC with Adesanya and um, and Romero? Now look, 
if you watch that fight, if you watch number one, if you watch that pay per view, you you got a treat in the in the in the uh, in the women's fight, the women the women's uh, title fight, which I thought was amazing. It was amazing. You know, shout out to those two ladies, young Jake Check and um, uh, Zhang. I think I, I don't want to mess her name up. Zhang Wei Li is her name, I believe. Like when you look at when you look at those those fights, man, that fight was amazing. I mean, yeah, Joanna sustained some really serious injuries. Um, you know, she looked completely different. <laughs> like, wow, you know, but that fight was great. Uh, but I think that the Romero fight, the Romero Asadia fight left us with much to be desired. And I don't think it's much much to do about either one of them as much as it was more so about their game plan. You know, um, Adesanya said it's hard to dance with a dance partner who doesn't want to dance. You know, he just stand, he stood there in the middle of the ring. And I, and I agree. He did exactly that. I mean, Romero stood there and did nothing. He, for the first couple, for the first round, they both landed with, I think it's like three or four punches. Like, 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 come on, like, you know, yeah, five minutes and you only got three or four punches that they got, they got through. You know, I, I was really, um, I was really taken back because I was like, man, what, like, what the hell y'all doing? Like, what are y'all doing? Like, y'all here to fight? Y'all going to just stand there and look at each other? Like, come on, you know? So, uh, my take on that is I think Romero's done with title shots. I don't think he gets another title shot. Not as long as, um, not as long as, Adesanya has the belt, and I think Adesanya is probably just going to continue on taking out the top guys in his division. Paulo Costa is obviously next, and I think that Romero becomes a gatekeeper. Uh, you know, he falls into that regulatory role of okay, hey, if you can beat this guy, you get a title shot. So a lot of your up and coming middle up and coming up and coming middleweight contenders at one eighty five are going to really be seeing Romero, you know, as a stepping stone to a title. And I don't think that he gets another shot. I mean, every every title fight we've seen him in, he's either come up short or he missed weight or, you know, like, you know, it's, I, I don't know what it is about him in title fights. It's just not the move. Even though he is the boogeyman in the division, like, he's just not really entertaining with title fights. So, um, yeah, I think that's what happens with the UFC 185 division. I really, 185 pound division. I do think that Paulo Costa is next and Israel Adesanya. You know, has has uh, has at that point a legitimate a legitimate dance partner. So, so yeah, that uh that tallies up our questions. As always, I do want to thank all of y'all for um for tuning in. Without you, I am nothing. Ultimately, without God, I am nothing. Thank you once again for tuning in. To Ivy knows best, and peace.